Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the blatant hate and trolls. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Chatbots have been around for, well, forever, <laughs> probably much longer than you realize. Uh, there was, of course, the famous concept of the Turing test, which uh, has been somewhat distorted over time, but which today has basically become shorthand for a chatbot being so human-like that it can fool a person into thinking it's a real person. Uh, in the 1960s, Eliza was considered one of the very first chatbots. It was developed at MIT. And since then, of course, the technology has obviously gotten a lot better uh, than where it was. Yet, for a very long time, chatbots seemed to be little more than a novelty or an electronic parlor trick of sorts. Um, however, in the last few years, they've been getting more and more attention as a potentially useful tool rather than just something fun to play around with. We're seeing chatbots on platforms like Slack and Twitter, and perhaps getting the most attention, of course, was Facebook's recent decision to embrace chatbots on its platform uh, in a big, big way. And of course, in the spoken realm, rather than the written world, lots of people use things like Apple's Siri, Amazon's Alexa, or Microsoft's Cortana. Uh, I will admit personally to some skepticism around chatbots. Um, to some extent, it reminds me about all the hype around voice recognition, where the running joke for many years was that it was the technology of the future and that it always will be. Uh, it's a technology that uh, you would that might work in limited areas, but never seem to match the hype. Of, of course, in recent years, voice recognition's reality has finally started to catch up to all of the early predictions, and perhaps that's happening with chatbots as well. And of course, since voice recognition is key to voice-controlled chatbots, perhaps the two technologies will succeed in tandem. Either way, with so much emphasis on chatbots happening today, I wanted to discuss it on the podcast, and we've got two great people here to discuss it as well. First up, we have our regular co-host, Dennis Yang. But uh, since he's working on a startup in the chatbot space, this is right up his alley. And our special guest today... Uh, is Veronica Belmont, who hopefully you already know, but uh, who is certainly well known in the media space for working on a number of podcasts and web video shows, and who is deeply interested in the way that technology can impact our lives, including what appears to be a, uh, a huge fascination with chatbots and their potential. Uh, so welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, Veronica, since you're our special guest here, let's start with you. Uh, am I wrong to still be skeptical of the potential of chatbots? I think having a, a healthy amount of skepticism is fine, <laughs> really. No, actually, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's absolutely true. We're, we're still in the very early stages, and a lot of the technology, um, you know, hasn't really been proven out yet. Uh, we're still kind of hitting a lot of walls in terms of functionality and domain expertise, and people are figuring it out. But I'm, I'm still very excited about the possibilities that conversational interfaces uh, can afford to us moving forward, especially as the technology gets better and we start 
really figuring out what we need them for. And mm -hmm. I think that's really key. I think right now we're seeing a lot of chatbots uh, in places that we don't necessarily need them. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this uh, later yeah. in the episode, but there's times when an app is probably easier to use than a chatbot. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we're, we're like I said, we're still figuring that out. Yeah, I mean, I think ba basically like we're kind of in that really, really early phase, you know, in the same way that, you know, frankly, the web, you know, change a lot of interfaces, making computing accessible through a lot, you know, through through desktop and mobile made it accessible whenever you're kind of walking around. Like conversation to me is kind of ex exposing the computer interfaces to more of the world's population. Um, and the way I like to think about it is like, I'm very comfortable with a SQL interface, which makes me actually really good at Google because I understand how to query, <laughs> <laughs> you know, information. But if you look at like how a lot of people use the Google, it's not in the best way. And I think that's sure. kind of the exciting part. Well, isn't it fascinating to see how we've started talking to Google the way we would talk to a person? We, yeah. We'd use natural language to submit queries to Google as opposed to something that might be a little more efficient. Um, and that's how we've become accustomed to speaking with search engines. And so yeah. for me, all, all these new steps in, in natural language processing and artificial intelligence are, are really the key to what's going to make chatbots the next step in how we interface with our technology. Yeah, I, I mean, that's interesting. And, and like, you know, I remember when, when Ask uh, first came along, of course, it was Ask Jeeves back then, right? I mean, poor Jeeves. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, got, he got dropped. Yeah, uh, but you know that the the whole pitch behind it was that it would accept natural language queries, and yeah. I think at least at the time, like people didn't that that wasn't that appealing, though, right? And and yet I think it's true that well, it now the way people work use that Google, well. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's that under underlying factor, <laughs> which which actually is is pretty important, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, but 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 I but I agree. I mean, I think it is true that that more and more people are using. It. I mean, there was the story that that just came out, you know, recently about, um, you know, someone's grandmother who put please and thank you, uh, you know, at the beginning and end of, of her Google queries, believing oh. that somebody was actually looking at them. I love that. <laughs> which, which, you know, does suggest the sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the way that people look at these tools. I, I'm still trying to figure out, and, and I, I like, you know, conceptually, I agree that, yeah. um, you know, experimentation and when new things come along, like people don't, you know, people don't know how to use them. And in fact, you know, what they often try and do is just sort of, you know, replace an existing system with, you know, with the new thing, whatever it is. And it, it's sort of a little clunky until people sort of figure out what the native, you know, solution is for that space. But I'm wondering, do, do you guys have a sense of what you think that might be for, for, for a natural language inter interface? Um, I think there's a few there's a few kind of big genres that are coming out initially. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, media companies are definitely trying to figure out, you know, how to how to use bots to interface, you know, how to push their content, you know, at the right time to certain people, because kind of messaging is kind of the new platform to co to communicate on a one on one basis with people. Um, like commerce so, is the other one mm -hmm. that that's definitely being experimented with. So, um, so 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 let me ask about both of those. Yeah. And, and so in the in the me media, I mean, obviously, I'm super interested in, in the media space because I'm in that space. Right. <laughs> but 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 I, I have trouble seeing where, you know, where that, you know, becomes a really useful tool. So so mm -hmm. can you give me an example? 
So for me, I think what kind of makes sense to me is in terms of, of, of people who don't necessarily have access to, to high-speed broadband, uh, for mm-hmm. example, and being able to use something like the CNN bot uh, in order to get a summary of information on the most recent news stories without having to download a ton of images or a ton of video or having to even use a browser. Mm. Um, being able to consolidate all of that information into a platform like Messenger or uh, you know Telegram or Kick or any of the numerous other uh, messaging platforms that are embracing bots right now can make it a lot easier for developing countries and for people living in those places to to consume content and have conversations with with media companies or or startups or any of the other disseminators of information. Yeah, so that's that's interesting. I, I like that as an example. To me, uh, you know, m- my question is, uh, how how conversational is that? I mean, to me, that's that 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 is interesting, but it still feels like just sort of replicating what we yeah. already have. It's, it's sort of just uh, you know a stripped down web page put into sort of the chat interface, right? Yeah, I think. But, but I think. Go ahead, Dennis. Oh, so, no, but I think the f- the feedback loop is what's kind of key here, right? So so right. say the CNN bot is sending you stories. Say you're following CNN on their Twitter feed. They're constantly mm-hmm. pushing you all of these stories. And you can kind of at reply them or even DM them if you want, and nothing's going to change. You know, they're not going to personalize that feed for you. Um, the opportunity with the bot is that it's a two-way conversation, right? So you can start saying like, hey, that last story is not great, um, you know, or more of this, or hey, how, like, how about this little tangent that like that's interesting? And they can start tailoring the content, you know, to every single individual. And that that I think is kind of the exciting part, is that as the bot, the bot has the opportunity to learn and to tailor the content for everyone. Um, yeah. And that's, that's interesting. Right? And I also think there's some misconceptions about what necessarily constitutes a bot. Sure. Um, you know, I think a, a, a bot typically, a lot of the, the description, the definition that a lot of us are using these days is just a, a piece of, of software that is automating a, a process um, without human intervention. And yeah. so that can be just posting news stories that can be an art bot it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's utilizing artificial intelligence or or learning um, in any meaningful kind of way Uh, it can just be you know, posting stuff uh, based on whatever input it's getting. Uh, so they don't necessarily have to learn. It's nice when they do. Um, but I think setting those expectations, you know, when you're launching a bot about what exactly its expertise is and what the expectations are for that that piece of software is like yeah. the super important thing that a lot of bot makers are figuring out right now and dealing with. Yeah. And in the same way that, you know, early web had a spectrum of applications. <laughs> right. Um, from like foam bath fish time, which was, you know, I think someone put a clock online of just pictures. The numbers were just numbers of fish or something. Um, <laughs> there was like, you know, like there were, it was, it was early, early you know, early web sure. um, had a lot of different applications. And then someone, you know, put up like, hey, why don't we do email on this web thing? And all of a sudden that was like a huge hit. You know, we have, you know, we're still figuring out what this kind of, you know, what email, what hotmail for um, for chatbots is going to be what what Angry Birds, you know, to mobile is going to be for chat. <laughs> yeah, um, we haven't hit that early. huge that huge yeah. success story yet. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and 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 I get that, and I'm you know I'm optimistic. I'm just I guess I'm just sort of trying to, 
you know, I want to see the future. So do we. I want you guys to help me <laughs> figure this out. So, but right, I, so I, I think I think it's going to happen more quickly, though, right? Okay. So in, in the same way that, I mean, mobile happened, the adoption of mobile happened a lot more quickly. The growth of apps happened much more quickly than, than web. Mm-hmm. Um, like the acceleration, every time we do these kind of platform shifts, um, the slope of the curve of adoption happens more quickly. And it kind sure. of, you know, I think uh, Wait But Why has a great post about kind of the growth of AI and how humans have a hard time understanding kind of exponential growth curves. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're on that cusp of like this, you know, AI is AI is happening so quickly now and like development of AI is happening so quickly. And this is, I mean, it's going to happen and it's going to happen fast. And it's even in just working, you know, for the past few months and this stuff, um, things, developments are accelerating. It's It's crazy. I, I guess, well, I mean, so th- that raises the question, which Veronica, I think you sort of got at a little bit earlier, though, is like, how do we even define what chatbots are, right? So, you know, Dennis, what you're talking about is, yeah. is the sort of AI, you know, the ones yeah, that and are there's, right, by there's, AI. there's a spectrum. Yeah. Right. And so should we take a step back and, and try and define it more? Or, or is it something? I mean, that... I think Veronica, did, yeah, did a good job of kind of describing like a, an automated process right is kind of kind of like the first step so right? so but so then let me ask this question too which is so I, I i like your positioning of like you know you know sort of web to mobile and like these platform changes but are you sure that sort of bots are you know are another platform or you know because some people i think would argue that it's just kind of it's an app you know and and obviously you know chat and bots have been around for a long time mm-hmm. um so you know, how, how do you see, how do, how do you, why, or I guess, why do you believe that it's an entirely different, you know, medium or platform within this realm? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's more about for me that we're continuing to exist on specific platforms uh, with increasing regularity. So mm. if you're a person that's on Facebook six hours a day, there's a good yeah. chance that you'd be happy if a lot of the things that you previously had to switch over to, you know, whether that be using your calendar app, whether that be using email or like scheduling meetings or whatever it is that takes time away from Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can manage some of those outside activities through Messenger, then that might be more convenient for you. Or if yeah. you're in Slack all day and you don't want to have to switch out to other apps, if you have a bot that's managing a lot of those things for you within Slack, then you're happier because you're 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 being more focused and and you know staying within the platform that you prefer. I think the problem is going to be figuring out how to create cross-platform bots <laughs> that are able to speak to other agents yeah. and kind of connect to these worlds. And we've seen some, I guess. I, I, I'm even right now having a hard time thinking of like a really great cross-platform bot. Um, but that's going to be, to me, that's the next step is enabling yeah. communication between these smart agents and across these platforms because, you know, we're going to see a lot of segmentation there. Yeah. And I could see, I mean, you can understand why the platforms would, would want this technology, obviously, to sort of, you know, get people spending more time on, on their platform, but also to lock people in. So, you know, they may have less interest themselves in, in sort of the cross-platform yeah. aspect. If Facebook had their way, I mean, they already consider, a lot of people consider Facebook the internet. 
You know, they don't need <laughs> yeah. to leave Facebook. It is their portal yeah. to the internet. And so they're going to be using messenger bots. I mean, that's just how it's going to work. Uh, so that's, that's the thing that uh, is kind of exciting <laughs> or weird to me. Yeah. So, okay. So, so let's take a step back, Dennis. I know you mentioned another space is, is the e-commerce space and, and I know there's been a lot of talk about that, but let's, let's discuss that sort of what, what do you, what do you guys think are the opportunities around e-commerce and bots? I mean, like shopping um, has a few different forms. I think the internet has kind of developed in a way that it's really great if you, you know, there's shop and browse. If you know Mm -hmm. exactly what you want, I think Amazon and, you know, eBay, like those types of search experiences have developed in a way such that, you know, it's it's good. You can look at a bunch of pictures. I think for chat... it's not. It's not necessarily. You just place kind of the the, the current shopping experience into conversation because that doesn't actually work great. Because if you think about a store, you don't. You know, you don't necessarily just want to sit there and converse with the, the shopping <laughs> attendant. But I mean, there are some cases where you do, right? Um, I mean, yeah. And I think one eight hundred flowers is actually a great example of of a use of a shopping example that would work really well. Um, mm-hmm. In that, like, you kind of are just like, you know what? I want to send my mom flowers. It's Mother's Day. Go off and pick it. You know, and and save kind of what I saved Senator last year or understand what she wants, like mm-hmm. go make some decisions for him and bring him back. And in that way, that's why I think flowers and travel are kind of one of the two of the big commerce use cases right now. Mm. Um, it's a little bit more fuzzy um, and you're open to suggestion. Yeah, I think my my biggest problem right now with a lot of the 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 shopping helper apps and bots out there is that they kind of recommend stuff and you're like, mm, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> so that in that case, the learning, uh, you know, the learning process would be really great uh, over time. Yeah. One of the more popular um, AI uh, bots out there is Kip, and Kip helps with team shopping uh, primarily. Mm-hmm. So you can have Kip in Slack, and and she will, uh, you know, help your team decide what snacks they're going to order off Amazon that week, and and basically do voting or you know things of that nature, making suggestions for things that your team might want. And that's a really interesting use case, and they've done a nice job with that. Um, but it's so funny that we're talking about this now because just today, one of my Facebook friends was very upset because he bought something online outside of Facebook, but then immediately got a response from a Facebook bot from the company asking him if he needed help or if he wanted to track his purchase. And <laughs> oh. he was really creeped out yeah. with good reason. Uh, he later <laughs> with some research figured out that it was because he had like Shopify connected to oh. his profile or something. But right. I, I had the same experience when I ordered a pair of, of shoes um, off of a company called Teeks. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually asked me if I wanted to they let me opt in. They said, you know, do you want to uh, keep track of your delivery and your order uh, through our messenger bot? And I was like, yeah, great. That's that would be perfect. And it worked wonderfully. So it's, it's that going back again to managing expectations and knowing what you're getting into and how the bot is going to work with with what you're doing yeah. is like super important for customers because you don't want to have that creeped out moment of like, oh, why is this yeah. thing? Why is this company <laughs> talking to me on Facebook now? Like, I didn't want this. Well, it has that. I mean, to me, it has that sort of uh, uncanny valley feeling to it, right? Where, you know, and, and the uncanny valley is this concept in robotics where, you know, as, you know, when a robot is sort of, you know, looks like C-3PO or whatever sort of metallic robot kind of thing, people are like, oh, you know, cool robot. And as it gets more and more human-like, you know, it hits this point where 
you know, it's almost human-like, but just off and it creeps the hell out of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's the belief that once you get past that and, and the robots are, are, you know, as, you know, human-like as possible, then people sort of, you know, will get past the creepiness factor. And I kind of feel like you can have that in, <laughs> in other realms as well. So, like, you know, if you have AI that sort of feels human but not quite, it can really creep you out. And I, I think that's kind of what might be happening now with some people. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that, you know, in the, in the human world, adding someone too early on Facebook is creepy. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to... <laughs> We're going to have to have a whole new set of conventions for, you know, whether or not it's appropriate for bots to kind of message me. It's like, we just met. I'm not really sure. <laughs> well, that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother area that a lot of uh, bot creators are, are are thinking about, like, especially with the Slack channel. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do when you're in a big Slack channel and you've added a bot? Does the bot reassert itself every time someone new enters the Slack channel to explain why it's there and what it's doing? Mm. It, it, there's all these questions about like, well, what do you do if suddenly there's a bot that's talking to people in a Slack channel, but they don't know what it's for. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing to engage with it or what its purpose is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a whole new set of conventions and, and user onboarding and discussions like that happening around the space. Um, but that's what that that pattern of a bot being in a group chat is is something unique to kind of Slack right now that I think that the other platforms need to start to integrate. And IRC. Um, and, oh, I guess IRC that's has true. always had that. Group I mean, thing. well, right. Um, I mean, Slack is just sort of the modern yeah. implementation <laughs> of IRC, right? So. <laughs> yeah, including all the slash. You can actually do slash kick, I think, in, yeah. in Slack. And, mm-hmm. It's got um, that. Sorry, but go on. No, no, but I, I think that's that's really amazing. Uh, like one of the patterns that I love about bot conversations is, you know, in Slack, you can be chatting and then you can just say you can do a shout out to like StatsBot in context and pull in um, a chart from your Google Analytics, for example. Um, mm-hmm. and, the, and the fact that you don't have to leave the context of the chat room to integrate a bot into the conversation um, is just such a powerful way to interface with information. Um, and I think that's super interesting, you know, and you can imagine once Facebook enables a group chat, you can be, you know, we can be talking about the latest movie that's coming out next Friday and we can just ask the Fandango bot in real time, you know, like, Hey, get us tickets for this thing next Friday, um, without ever leaving the chat. Yeah. That's why that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm loving about, um, about the Amazon Alexa uh, Echo, the Echo, which is called Alexa, <laughs> right. which right. just call it Alexa which at this point. Nobody calls it not, Echo. Not confusing at all, right? Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I loved the Echo at first, and then I got mm-hmm. the dot, and and yeah. you know, gave my husband took the Echo off with him to the office. And the dot is does not work as well. This is a conversation really? for yeah. a different day, but I'm having a really hard time <laughs> communicating with the echo over uh, with the dot over the echo. Um, and the sound quality is just not as good. It's not as good, and it, that no. makes uh, yeah conversation for a different day. I could talk a lot about this. <laughs> yeah. But what I loved about it was how seamless it was working yeah. with my life. Like just being in the kitchen and being able to set timers and, and ask it for the headlines and adding things to my shopping list and having it play stuff off of overcast or off of audible it was it was just so nice and i feel like the some of the conversational interfaces that we have that are that are you know voice activated like mm-hmm. you know the google home stuff that we're going to be seeing shortly and 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 alexa and cortana though i haven't had as much hands-on time with cortana as i'd like uh that stuff is 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 
catching on pretty quickly. And I think it's, it's the equivalent of when touch interfaces started happening and toddlers everywhere thought that everything was a touch interface. Now right. it's like kids think everything is voice activated <laughs> and it's yeah. amazing, but they're, they're used to it and they're going to be very comfortable with it. Um, but getting those, doing those workarounds around, um, you know, figuring out what Alexa's good at and what she's not good at is, is more problematic. Like when she doesn't understand you, she doesn't understand you hardcore. And it's, <laughs> it's very difficult to figure out what you're doing wrong in that case. Yeah. But she tries really hard. She you know, tries I, so hard. Much yeah. harder than Siri, I think. Well, yeah, I, I feel like Siri Siri is like your friend that's just really busy. So every any question <laughs> that you ask her, she's just like, here, I Googled it for you. Here, oh, here. I hate that so much. It's like, just try. Just try to understand what yeah. I'm asking you. And meanwhile, Alexa's like, I tried to find that and I couldn't. I'm so sorry. Right? Like, so she's like really trying to be your friend. Mm-hmm. Whereas Siri's just, I don't know what Siri's up to, but she's just so busy and has so no busy. time for me. there was one interesting thing that i heard recently and this might be going a little bit off a little bit down a tangent but on on that split of between echo and alexa um you know one of the ideas that someone mentioned recently which i thought was really interesting was that the reason they didn't call the whole product alexa but rather have the you know the hardware is the echo and the the bot is alexa is is basically that uh, that they believe that um Alexa will be opened up and available to build into, you know, basically mm. all sorts mm-hmm. of other yeah. hardware products. And so Echo is just sort of their implementation of it. Um, and then that actually becomes kind of interesting also. Like you could see some potential there. And we're certainly seeing, you know, with the various AI products, you know, opening up yeah. more and more so that people can build stuff on top of it. Um, you know, maybe we start to see more interesting products come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That would be super exciting. Yeah. So, all right. So, I, I, so okay. So let, let's try and go a little further into the future, <laughs> and and <laughs> I, I still I, I want to dig deeper if I can. So, mm-hmm. so where where else do you see this using? I feel like the 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 news example is interesting, and the commerce example is interesting, but it still feels to me like we're just sort of taking stuff that we have today and adding a sort of chat interface over it. So so. Convince me of something amazing coming in the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Chris Messina, um, as as most people seem to know, is the inventor of the hashtag, but has yep. done a lot of <laughs> other amazing things out there. Um, he launched a bot uh, that was built for him called Messina Bot mm-hmm. last week. And it's gotten a lot of press because it's essentially a personal concierge to Chris. So Mm -hmm. you can go and you can ask it questions about Chris. You can schedule open office hours with Chris. You can figure out what Chris's updates are, what he's written recently. And I I love that idea. And I actually know someone else who's working on a similar company project um, like that. And to to have the idea of having like a a mini me out there (laughs) on the internet, I I actually have that. I have Bellbot uh, exists in Uh the world. Um, she's built off of uh, Bot Libre, <laughs> and she like this, you know. And she's not good. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> she's no Christmasina bot. Trust me. Um, but I, I love the idea that there's people who go and chat with her about technology or about whatever's happening in their day, and I find it really fascinating and and really kind of sweet in yeah. a way. Yeah. And if I can, if I can 
be able to communicate with more people or reach more people or have a conversation with more people, even if it's not necessarily me or in real time. <laughs> um, I, I find that to be a really cool use case of this technology. Uh, I, I don't really know how it's going to pan out or if it's even a good idea. But, you know, if my if, if a bunch of my friends are trying to schedule like a get together on a Saturday and I'm not available to answer their texts right then and they just go talk to Veronica Bot and right. figure out that I've got, you know, open open hours between 10 a.m. And, and 2 p.m. on Saturday and just do it automatically. Like, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, like, I know awesome. Amy, you know, uh, Amy Ingram is, is trying to do that or, or Andrew Ingram on for X.AI uh, to varying degrees of success. But something that's even less formal than that, I think, would right. be would be really nice. Yeah, that's yeah, so it, that's cool. Sorry, Dennis, go ahead. No, no, I think I think based like Messina Bot. Yeah, we've been so we actually have been working with them. Um, so my company's Dashbot, and we're we've been helping uh, the Messina Bot kind of figure out you know what they're what they're doing, and it's amazing kind of watching uh, like Messina Bot essentially helps Chris Messina scale himself. Right. So, did you read that post though, where he said yeah, Messina Bot well, does not yeah. scale because of his <laughs> hour scheduling problems? Well, that's because the, the so what happened was that you could schedule uh, a kind of office hours with Messina Bot, and the point at which it broke was, um, you know, there were too many people chatting with Messina Bot at the same time, so you couldn't find. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a limitation of Messenger. Hours, so, yeah. It wasn't Messina Bot's problem. It was a, it yeah. was a platform issue, I think. And the neat thing is, like, you know, like his, he, what he said was one of the most common things that people ask him is, you know, tell me about the story about how you invented the hashtag. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> Messina Bot can handle that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a story like the, that I, uh, I tell all the time. And he doesn't need to tell it anymore. And that, I thought that, that was really funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that reminds me of, like, you know, in the sort of real real world, um, there's a story that, that apparently Steve Martin just has a stack of like business card sized <laughs> cards on him that if you run into him in public somewhere, he'll just hand you one. And it basically says like, this confirms that you met Steve Martin. We had a nice talk, <laughs> and, you know, uh, and we can go on with our day now. Um, where you we don't need see. to take a picture. We don't need to have right, exactly. to sign anything. Yeah. That wouldn't that. play these days anymore. Sorry. You need a selfie in, yeah. in order to make it real. Well, I, th I think the idea is to prevent that, but, but, but I, you know, you could see yeah. where, for for someone who's in high demand, you know, and especially for very repetitive kinds of tasks, like please explain the same story over and over again, where that kind yeah. of thing could be really useful. It it also raises, you know, some some science fiction kind of <laughs> questions about, you know, where do you end and where right. does the bot take over? Right. You know, is, I, this, I, is this what the singularity is? <laughs> right. I mean, you had this this. You know, it's it's a great description that you had of like where you were saying it allow Veronica. It's a, you're saying that it allows you to interact with more people, but I'm sitting here thinking, but it's not you that's interacting. Yeah, close it's, enough. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, so it, it becomes. <laughs> what really more can I offer, really, than just responding to a text <laughs> message about when I'm available? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I, I mean, it's it's that's a, it's to me that's really compelling and it's really interesting, and I could see where I would find that yeah. kind of thing super useful, also. Um, but but you know, there's a part of me that's just like, well, you know, where you know, where's the boundary between the person and, and the bot? And that, that's, that's a really sort of interesting dilemma um, that, that 
you know, I, I think it's it's those areas to me. So, you know, that that I think where the most interesting stuff will come out. Where, you know, yeah. it's, to me, the the difference when you're switching from platform to platform. I mean, as I sort of said earlier, you know, the first stage is always sort of trying to replicate what was done in the in the old platform. Then the new where it becomes really useful, where you get the so-called killer apps, is when people realize sort of what is native to that new platform, and it's it's usually something that couldn't have been done in sort of the previous platform, and so. You know, the example that you just gave now of that sort of, you know, human representation yes. um, in a bot form starts to feel like that. Right. So it's something that's that's brand new that you couldn't really do. You're not you know, I mean, I guess you're replicating yourself, but you're not replicating something that um, that was done via a different platform previously. And so that's re that's really interesting to me. I think. All so right. so th now that the <laughs> both of you have enough kind of conversation, you know, both you and Veronica, Mike, have written enough online that we can. Oh, gosh. <laughs> ingest the corpus of everything you've written and, <laughs> yeah, there you and, go. <laughs> and create a Maznik bot and a Veronica bot and, and see how that goes. <laughs> uh, well, feel free to, to, to send me the Maznik bot. And uh, <laughs> what I want to see is if the Maznik bot can write new posts for me, because now that, that would, that be, would awesome. be super helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd all be like really trippy and not really make <laughs> any right. sense. And it'd be, that's, that's what I'm into. I, I feel like we're at the point now where, where things are either going to get real arty and weird or yeah. very functional. I think there's space for both. And I think yeah. we're going to see both. Um, and I'm, I'm equally fascinated to see both of those trees kind of grow. Yeah. I'll yeah. Work, no, that's I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll be super super interesting um all right well i know we're we're running out of time um but let's let's go with sort of uh final thoughts i guess if if uh how would you like to close this one out with with uh, the last thing that people remember you what you have to say about <laughs> that's Bob. a lot of pressure yeah I feel like. that's, that's how we like to you know. <laughs> I think Keep the you know, podcast interesting. With any new technology, there's going to be some some difficult times and some weird sticking points and and some hills we need to get over. But at the end of the day, you know, technology does make tend to make our lives a lot easier and more convenient and and more fun. And I think chatbots and bots in general are are just the next step in that. Uh, so don't get too caught up in the weird, <laughs> uncanny valley stuff. It's not. It's a little creepy now. There's going to be some creepy moments, but I think we'll we'll get through to it. It to the other side and and they will make things a lot easier for us and a lot less time consuming all right that and, sounds good. and sometimes a little weird and <laughs> a little weird but on purpose yeah maybe i mean weird weird is not necessarily bad no. right? i mean weird can actually be very like good weird. <laughs> all right dennis what, what do you think no i mean i i think we're on the cusp and i think it's really hard for us to understand the pace at which things are about to change. And that I'm, that's why I'm particularly excited about this space. Um, like I see how much like attention and excitement is around it. And I see actually how much, you know, how many bots people are developing. Um, and that to me is super exciting. Um, so we'll have all of this data, all these conversations available and all of the intelligence to process it. So the future is, is actually here. I'm <laughs> bullish on bots. <laughs> all right. Me too. All right. I, I I am I am more interested than I was at the beginning of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> so Success. So you, you have successfully gotten me there. I'm I'm still somewhat skeptical. I, I think that I think we'll definitely see a lot of failures, and I do wonder, you know, kind of how people react to that. Sometimes, you know, when when there are a lot of failures, it it scares people away. But you know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's good for innovation because it it allows people to innovate with less you know spotlight focused on them. Um, so. 
you know, I, I think it'll be an interesting space, and and um, I'm definitely looking forward to to what comes out of it. Uh, but uh, for now, I think I think we're done with this discussion. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much uh, for joining us, Veronica, especially uh, jumping in on this at the last minute. <laughs> of course, and, and uh, if your listeners want to get more involved with bots, uh, check out botwiki.org and botmakers.org, our our enthusiast and creator Slack channel. There we go. Very good. And Dennis, you want to have any final? things to point people to as well. Oh, I guess I can plug our chatbot analytics where all your data should live at dashbot.io. <laughs> Excellent tagline. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks again uh, for, for an interesting discussion. Veronica, we'll definitely have you back again um, because uh, there's lots to talk yeah. about here. Because things and are moving so quickly. We'll, so. we'll do the, the Amazon Echo chat, <laughs> the Alexa yeah. chat. There we go. That's, that actually yeah. could be very, very interesting. Um, and to everyone who's listening, thanks for joining us as well. And we'll be back next week. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Bye.